Well, good morning. Good to see everybody this morning. My name is Harold, by the way. If I didn't get a chance to, to meet you out in the lobby, I'm the campus pastor here, and we're still working on our platform. Um, so the, the flooring got delayed, which then delayed the guys putting the flooring down, and so hopefully this week we'll get that taken care of. Um, and then I'm going to make sure that I don't fall off the platform. I'm used to teaching on the floor, and so um, this will be interesting. You got me, Dan? You got All right, nice. Appreciate that. Um, no, it's good to have you. Well, I thought we'd start out today with a little true false. Sounds good? Kind of changing things up. I know we did true false a couple weeks ago. We're going to do a little true false today. Don't answer out loud, okay? Because that's, you know, sometimes we'll get all like juiced up and excited about it and then they give the wrong answer. And then everyone like tor- turns and points at them and we don't want that. But just, you know, as you're kind of thinking about it, you know, in your head, just True or false, don't, again, don't say it out loud. So the first one is this. The church can be identified as the body of Christ. True or false. Second one. A person can attend a church, but not be part of the body of Christ. True or false. Some of you guys, I see smoke already starting to go. They're thinking about it. At salvation, God makes a person one with Christ, and through Christ, one with other Christians. All right? Number four, a Christian can be one with other Christians, but doesn't necessarily have to be around Christians. Or Christians that are around. No, that's, by the way. Number five. Oh, you guys are a little slow on that one. A little slow on the uptake on that one. Christians, unity, so the Christians being together, their unity is proof that Jesus Christ was sent by God. True or false? Number six, God determines whether a Christian attends church, not the Christian. And for those who are OCD, yes, I know there's two periods. I should have deleted the one. Number seven, it's the job of the church staff to do the ministries of the church. I thought someone might say, amen, on that one. Number eight, God's okay with me attending church, but it's okay with him that I don't connect in, through serving. Number nine, I can be spiritually healthy and growing, but rarely or never attend church. And number 10, God is okay with Christians live streaming instead of personally connecting with their church family, or in our case, you know, podcast or something like that. All right? So again, I don't, don't let me know. I got, you know, five out of 10, or I'd, but as we go through the message this morning, kind of refer back to, did I get that right? Did I get that wrong? Where do I need to adjust? Because here's the deal, we're in this series called Christian Atheist. And so what we're talking about is there are um, those of us who believe not only that God exists, but that he is our savior, that through faith in Jesus Christ, God the Son, uh, that we've placed our faith in him, believing that then God has forgiven us of our sin, Uh, which then removes that barrier, that he's given us spiritual life through God the Holy Spirit, who then gives us spiritual life, that we are then his for this uh, time on earth where he works through us and in us and um, helps us to, to represent him well to others. And then when we die, we get to spend eternity with him in heaven as opposed to in hell. Um, for, which is where people sadly go who haven't accepted Christ's offer of salvation. And so as Christians, that's what we say. We believe not only God exists, but he's our Lord and he's our Savior. But oftentimes 
we live life as if he doesn't exist, as if he's not our Lord and Savior. So we're looking at some key areas, some areas in life that, where that happens a lot with uh, Christians. And so today we're looking at this issue of, of the church or of being together as a church. And so we've got our statement here, Christians live like atheists when we fail to regularly connect with our church family. So that's kind of the statement that we're making this morning. And we're going to look at scripture. And so the question is, can a Christian be all that God desires them to be? In other words, to be like Jesus, to, to grow spiritually and be like Jesus, and not regularly worship, serve, reach others with their spiritual family, their, their church. So that's the question that we're asking this morning and that we're going to answer. Uh, we're going to look at three different passages. They're kind of uh, passages that summarize uh, the answers here, again, the Bible talks a lot about this, especially New Testament, but we're just going to look at three kind of key passages this morning, all right? And so the first one's going to be in John 17. If you're using the Bibles there in the seats, uh, it's 1081, page 1081. It's going to be at the very uh, last verse on the right side of the page, and you're going to have to flip pages. So if you're looking, where am I going to be at? Uh, you're going to be at John 17, and it's verse 20. And this is, uh, to me, one of the, the greatest passages in the Bible, only because, because all passages are great, right? But because this is Jesus, so God the Son, Jesus, who's praying to God the Father about you and me. I don't know if you realize that Jesus actually prayed for you and me, but he did 2,000 years ago. He knew that we would be sitting here today, those of us who have placed our faith in Christ, he knew that we would be in relationship with him. And, and so, and he knew that I would be bringing this message this morning. Um, and so he's praying for us. He's praying that God would do some things in our lives. Um, and when I read it, if you've heard this before, just kind of act as if you've never heard this before. Because these are some powerful words that I think sometimes, especially if those of us who have been in church a long time, we kind of just kind of glass over. And so here's what he says. John 17, Jesus' prayer, starting in verse 20. says, I do not ask on behalf of these. So again, Jesus talking to God. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, the disciples, but for those also who believe in me through their word. And so that, that's us today, right? Because they've preached the word, they've died off, and those who came after them preached the word, and they died off, and all the way down till today. And so he's actually praying for you and me, and he says that they may all be one, even as you, Father. Again, listen to what he's saying here. This is, this is like blow your mind type stuff, right? That they may all be one, even, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. And then why? So that the world, those who need Jesus, may believe that you sent me. Go on to the next. The glory, so now this, this glory, we've talked about this before, um, in general, is just God revealing who he is. All right? And so when God's glory shines, it's actually revealing that he's so pure it's like light blinding us type of thing. But anytime God reveals who he is, it's, it's his glory. So the glory with, uh, which you have given me, I have given to them. 
So this oneness aspect that he's talking about, that God is revealing to us through God the Son, Jesus Christ, has now been given to us as a revealing of who God is. That they may be one, here we go go again, just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity. Why? So that the world, those who who need Jesus, may know or realize or recognize that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. And so Jesus is telling us here, and so in answering our question, and why Christians sometimes live as atheists, what Jesus is telling us here is that as he is one with God the Father, we as Christians, through faith in Christ, are one with Christ and each other. Now, the reason why that's not really hitting anybody real hard is because that's, that's like beyond comprehension, isn't it? I mean, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, we, we know the Bible teaches that, and so we have one God uh, revealed in three persons. They are, they are equal, they are one, and so it kind of blows our mind again because that's, we don't quite get that. But whatever that is, now through faith in Christ, we have become one with Christ and with each other. The Holy Spirit ultimately is the one who does that in us. I'm not saying that we are God. I'm not saying that we are going to become God. I'm not saying we do this perfectly, because we don't. We're, we're sinners. But the fact is that from God's perspective, we are one with Him and with each other. So you here in our church family who have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, we are one in Christ. That has huge impact, because here's one of the big impacts. Because Holy Spirit, He is much more powerful, much more uniting than blood. What do I mean by that? You and I, those of us who place our faith in Christ, we are more one. We are more connected because of, through Christ, because of His Holy Spirit, than we are with those in our family who have not placed their faith in Christ. You know, people make decisions all the time based on their family. It's all about family, family first, and all that kind of... All I'm saying is, there's a deeper connection, a stronger connection that's supposed to be happening within Christians because of God the Holy Spirit, because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. And he says that our oneness is the glory of God. Again, not that we're God, but we reveal who God is. That this oneness about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and now us in that, we actually get to reveal that about who God is through our oneness, through our unity. And it's ultimately, uh, of course, we're going to grow spiritually, which we'll talk about, but then it's also to show those in the world around us that Jesus came from God. Again, that's just, that's crazy. That you and me, us being unified, us working together, us doing the things we're going to be talking about here in the the next few minutes, when we do those things, those around us are going to go, wow, I hear that they believe in Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross for their sins. I'm starting to kind of get that that might be true. Why? Because he brings together 
even in our church, we got people from all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of experiences, all sorts of you know ethnic background and financial background and just uh, living certain life experiences, whatever. And then he bring, we wouldn't necessarily be friends outside of our church family, right? Some of us. Let's, I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, you guys are all like me, I know. No, I mean, it's, it's, you know, let's just be honest. I mean, some of us would just go hang out, but we're part of the family, you know. We're, we place our faith in Christ, so we, we hang out. We talk to each other. We pray with each other. We have Christ in common. And when that comes together, and a church is unified around that, that sends a message out to people who need Jesus Christ. Your family, my family, our neighbors, our co-workers, about who Jesus really is. Because only God, an infinitely powerful God, can bring people together as one to, to bring unity. And, and just a side note, this is one reason why we as a church, our leadership team, we are very, um, it's very important for us that we have unity in our church. And so if there's conflict, if we hear there's conflict or something, we're, we're going to, you know, reach out and try to help with that conflict. If, we, if there's some false, you know, wrong teaching about the Bible or something, why we address it a lot from the pulpit too. Just, you know, we want people, our church family, to be unified, to be representing Christ, doing Christ, or doing God, uh, life Christ's way, God's way. Because here's the problem in this that if you're a, a Christian who's living like an atheist who don't think that being regularly connected with your church family is, is what you need to be doing, you're not living out that oneness. They'll say, well, I, I don't really need to be part of a church because I'm just one you know, with Christ, and so it's just my relationship with Christ. Uh, but uh, Yes, but the problem is he's connected us together. And so to truly be one, you need to be with those with whom you're connected through faith in Christ. In fact, that's what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12. So this is what Paul says. We call this oneness uh, the body of Christ or the church. So Paul says this in 1 Corinthians. He's talking about how the spiritual gifts operate and how the church is supposed to operate and all that kind of good stuff. And he says this, but now God has placed, he's established and arranged, the members, speaking of Christians, each one of them, so in other words, no Christian is exempt here. If you've placed your faith in Christ, this is for you. You need to hear this from God. Each one of them in the body, just as he desired. So this is something that God does. It's not an option for us. It's not a, you know, something we can negotiate. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members. Again, a bunch of different Christians from a bunch of different backgrounds, but one body, which is the church. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. In other words, we don't determine who's important. We don't determine who's part of our church family, uh, that kind of thing. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body, which seem to be weaker from a human standpoint, are necessary. And those members of the body, which we deem less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor, and our less presentable members become much more presentable. Whereas our more presentable members, again, from a human standpoint, there are some of those who are kind of upfront a lot. And so there's this kind of a, an, an honor that happens because they're kind of upfront a lot or doing that kind of stuff. They have no need of it. 
In other words, they've already got their honor. But there are some in our church who are behind the scenes or some who think that they're not needed in a church uh, family or they're not that important or they can't really do anything. They need to know that, no, we, you have honor. You need to be a part of our church family. Oh, I need to go on. I'm sorry. Okay, am I, am I in there, Sherry? Am I good? All right, sorry. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked. Why? So there may, may be no division in the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. So every Christian matters. And if one member suffers, all members suffer. And if it, uh, with it, if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Go to the next. Now you, Christians, are Christ's body and individually members of it. So some of you have placed your faith in Christ like recently, you may not know this, but you are. You're part of Christ's body. Those of us who have been saved for a long time, we are part of Christ's body. And it's cool. So as you read through this, God, it says arranges. So that was the first one, that he, he arranges us. He, he's the one who makes it possible. He's the one who makes it happen. Yes, in the church in general, but also within our local body what we call Grace Point Church in this case. There's other churches in town that preach the gospel and they are, you know, part of God's family and they are part of Christ's body. And that's great, awesome. Praise the Lord for them. But we're talking about us here. In fact, in the New Testament, um, all but two of the letters that are written were written to local bodies of believers. Philemon was written to Philemon and uh, Jude was written to Jude. And some of the, well, what about Timothy? What about Titus? Hold your horses, I'll get there. So those are written just to those guys because there's some personal stuff that needed to be dealt with. What's interesting is those two letters were written to those guys, but they were to be read by the churches. Like it got moved around to all the different churches. Can you imagine that? Somebody writes you a personal letter, but then you're supposed to have that read to everybody in the church. And in Philemon's case, you'll have to read it. It's uh, kind of an interesting thing that Paul's talking to this guy and the rest of the church is going to hear about it, but you have to read it for yourself to find that out. Timothy and Titus are written to pastors of churches that were to read those churches to the church because the church was supposed to do some certain things. So that's why I'd say they're not technically written to them. But so God has has uh, placed us in there. He's arranged us. He's established us. And so being part of the church family is not an option because God's the one who said to do it. We don't, it's not like we negotiate, right? It's kind of like, well, God, I'll take your salvation uh, and then I'll give you two Sundays out of the month. Or how about this, God? I'll, I'll take your salvation and then for my life, I'll give you a Thursday night, a Northwood Fall Festival serving for four hours once a year, and then, uh, let's see, uh, an adult group. You know, it's, it's not that. We place our faith in Christ. We become part of God's family. We become part of the body of Christ. Boom, we are here. We are it. We are, we are the body. And so we need to be together. And, and he says, he uses the word compose. God composes. It has this idea of blending. It's like this orchestra a director who's, you know, like you guys, if I'd be orchestra director and you guys are the, are the orchestra, right? And you've got the flutes and you've got the uh, 
violins and you got the French horns and you got the oboes, you know, whatever. Whatever they have in orchestras. I don't really know. Just you see it in your head. And, and so the director's, the director's doing this, right? And nobody knows really what he's doing because everyone's memorized the music, but he looks like he's directing. And then he'll do, right? And, Am I right? Have you seen it? Okay. I was in band for a while. That's what happened. Mr. Tutai, he used to rub his nose like this, and his nose continued to move. It was really weird. But it's like that. And then all of a sudden, just, wow, beautiful music, blending it all together. That's what God's doing. That's what God's doing in our church. All these different people from different backgrounds coming to Christ and blending us all together. So it's a, it's a beautiful, harmonious thing. That's what that one word composed means. And every Christian matters. Every one of us. You may think you're a baby toe, but you're an important baby toe. You may think that you're a hand, but you're an important hand. As my brother says, I'm a bladder. You're an important bladder. Nobody wants to see it, right? As he put it, nobody wants to see me, but he's important. He does a lot of good stuff to the church that he attends. And when a, and somebody suffers, we all suffer. In other words, we all feel that. We, we gather around that person. It's like me last Monday. Kim said, hey, listen, you've been working hard. You know, you just take a break. You know, don't feel like you need to do anything today. You wonder why I love her? There's one reason. So I'm like, okay, so I'm walking around the house and I'm really antsy because I feel like I could probably do this, I could probably do that, and walking around. Well, I had to get something down in the basement and so I went down and didn't turn the lights on because I figured, I know my basement. And so I walked down there and Annie, our dog, had taken some um, cast iron and, and put it in such a way that when I walked past it, my baby toe caught it. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, it's just kind of like, there were words coming to my mouth and I Christianized them, you know, to... <laughs> to make sure that it wasn't, you know, bad and stuff like that and, you know, fudge and uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Son of a biscuit, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. Anyways, so then, okay, I kind of got calmed down and later on I was going to go into the living room and just kind of sit down and there's this uh, ottoman type of thing and it's not real big. So I was going to take my foot and move it over. Poof! Caught the other baby toe. You know, so... And, and then something else happened that day, and Kim's like, oh, well, you just sit down. You just keep on hurting yourself. But I'm telling you, when I hit those, those baby toes, my head felt them. My entire body felt that pain. <laughs> and, and we were all commiserating, my entire body. You know, even Kim was feeling bad for me. You can see it on her face. And then she stubbed her toe yesterday. I don't know what was lost in our toes, but... Um, we're watching the, the grandkids this weekend too and it's on top of all that. But my point is this. When one of us is suffering or some of us are suffering, it's our church family. God has given us our church family to gather around that person or those people. And if you're not here, and if we don't know, who's there for you? Who's so unified with you through the Holy Spirit that we could be there on a spiritual level even encouraging you and helping you and praying for you. Later on, on Monday, Kim went over to the um, coffee shop that also has ice cream 
and uh, she brought me ice cream. And you know what? My whole body, including my baby toes, rejoiced over that. No, I'm serious. My, my toes were like, ooh, ooh. You know, it's pretty, you know, oh, settle down, boys. And I, I ate that ice cream, and it was so good. Man, when things are going good in our church, isn't it great to have other people around you going, oh, man, that's so cool. Oh, praise God together, you know. And, man, if we're not meeting together. See, here's the problem. You're not being the body of Christ if you're not regularly connecting with the body of Christ. You can say you are. You can tell people that you are. But the fact of the matter is, from what God is saying, we're not being the body of Christ. Because the body of Christ is connected. The body of Christ knows what's going on with other people in the body of Christ. And so they're suffering with them or they're rejoicing with them. I've used this illustration before. You cut my arm off and throw it over in that corner, it's not part of my body. The hand may go, no, no, I really am. No, you're not. You're cut off. You're sitting over there. And you're just going to, you're just going to shrivel and die. Until that arm is reconnected to this body, it's not part of the body. And it's the same thing with our, our church family. We need to be connected. We need to be encouraging. Don't, don't believe the lie that says, you know, I'm really not that important. Don't believe the lie that ah, the church family doesn't really need me. Don't believe the lie that says, I just gonna, I just, it's better if I just isolate myself. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Because God's saying, He placed you in our church. And you are important. You matter. You're valuable. You should be honored. I mean, that should be something we just, just live on and be encouraged by. It's an awesome gift. So Christians are one with each other because we are one with Christ. That oneness has caused us now to be part of the, the body of Christ. And now as the body of Christ, our next responsibility is that we grow. So God has Paul tell us this in Ephesians 4. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Um, actually, all three of these have been. That's what I get. I get to choose these because I'm teaching them. So. So he says, and he, talking about Jesus, gave some as apostles and some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. Why? For the equipping or the training of the saints, which are Christians, for the work of service. Now, what is the work of service? Here it is. To the building up of the body of Christ. And how long do we continue to build up the body of Christ? Until we all, not some, all attain to the unity of the faith and the unity of the knowledge of the Son of God, in other words, knowing Him personally, experientially, through Him working in and through us as we take steps of faith, to a mature man or a mature person, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ, which is Paul being very poetic and just saying, so we look and act like Jesus. You know, we think like Him, we act like Him. As a result of being trained, unified, experiencing Jesus, thinking and responding like Jesus, we are no longer to be children, in other words, spiritually immature, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, which means being knocked around by life, right? Life experiences, whoa, knocking us around or wrong teaching. By the trickery of men, 
by craftiness and deceitful scheming. So in other words, there, there are people, we'll talk about this a little, quick, you know, a little bit, but there are people out there who are using the Bible to trick people, to turn people away from Christ, a wrong teaching from God's word. Now, how do we keep from this happening? But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head. Talking about Jesus Christ, right? Even Christ. From whom, Jesus Christ, the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, so everyone connecting in and serving, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. And so we see from this that that Christians grow spiritually when we're connected with other Christians. In other words, you can't grow spiritually if you're not connected with Christians. You may think you can. You may tell other people you can. But what God's telling us here is that you can't. You have to be part of his body. He says it's the pastor's job to equip. And that that word means to to train to be fully um, able to make people uh, able to go and make an impact for Christ and to walk with people as they're going through difficult times, encouraging people in their faith, sharing Christ with people who need to know Christ. And, and so, you know, we've hired Jason, and so he's helping me with that part of it. And we're, we put things out there for you guys. We do teaching like this, and we do teaching other times, which I'll talk about here a little bit. But we are to as 1 Corinthians tells us, we are to get together as a church family and our ministry to you is to train you and develop you to do the works of service. See, we come to Christ in a certain condition, spiritual condition, physical condition, emotional condition, but we're not to stay there. We come to him so that not only does he save us, but then he transforms our lives. And he uses what's going on in our lives to impact other people for Jesus Christ. We become more and more like Jesus Christ, not more and more like Harold. It's not a better version of Harold. It's not a better version of you. It's, it's Jesus that we're supposed to become more and more like. So look at these ways in our church. I just threw up 10. There's probably more. I probably missed some of these. But here are some learning and serving opportunities here at Grace Point. All right, some of you guys may not know this, so this is good information for you, but we have our Sunday morning. This is what we're doing. This is Sunday morning. Here we are. And uh, so we've got the service. We've got our tech and music, Grace Kids, Impact Team on Sunday mornings. All that stuff's going on. And people say, well, I, I, does tech need anybody? Well, yes. <laughs> Correct back here. Yes. Our tech director. You know, everybody, well, you know, Hagen and Sherry are back there and they do a great job. Yeah, but Hagen and Sherry are back there three weeks out of a month. You know, we have some other people that are, can jump in there and help out, you know. We need more people willing to do that kind of stuff, be trained to do that kind of stuff. We don't just throw you back there and let it happen. Well, we did it with Hagen, but that's besides the point. But no, we put you back there, we train you, we, you know, we let you kind of shadow. Same thing with Grace Kids. We need people that are going to be hanging out with our kids. And we, men, you know, I've said this before. Our kids at our church need to know there are other men in our church family who care about God and what's going on. And so men, get in there. Spend a, just a Sunday, one service, and then come in here and hang out. Everybody wants to be at the you know, church service. <laughs> this is worship, but that's just as much worship. 
In fact, maybe even a better demonstration of love. We've got our impact team. Those are greeters and um, I guess we call them ushers. Uh, the, the people that are most honored, those who work in our cafe, um, they're most honored. We have our Wednesday uh, in the evening. Our few students are moving to Wednesday night because we're growing. We can't fit here on Thursdays anymore. So you, youth got to be there. Adults, you know, you can be a part of that and help Jason with the youth. Thursday a.m., we have a women's Bible study. P.m., we have a men's and women's Bible study. To be a part of that, this is a great way to find out who's suffering in our church. This is where we share prayer requests. We get into the Bible a little deeper. You know, I've heard some people going, I don't know. The guys are going through Hebrews. I don't know. I just haven't gotten much out of Hebrews. Nah, I don't know. <clears throat> I'll move on. Um, we have our core classes. We have Connect and Grow to Serve and Reach class. Those are all coming up. Connect in two weeks. Grow class, it's a three-hour class on a Saturday. Connect is on Sunday with a lunch. Uh, the Grow class is October, three hours on a Saturday. Serve class is three hours on a Saturday in November. Reach class is a three hours on a Saturday in, in December. They all have food. And you can find out more about how to do all that kind of stuff. You can sign up with the Church Center app. Prayer and Care Ministry, that's members of our church who are uh, volunteering to pray for our uh, road tenders and members of our church. And so we, we need people who jump in on that and, and to pray for our, our people. Men's leadership group, every year, starting in January, I take uh, whoever, whatever guy wants to do this, and we go once a month for 10 months, and we go through doctrine and theology and ministry philosophy. We're finishing up this, uh, this year's. I've had 20-some guys do that in the last five years since we've started. Um, and so I'll be sending out, guys, look for your emails. Look in your emails, guys. The email, you know what that is, right? It's a little letter thing on your phone. There's an icon. You hit that. Your email's on there. Anyways, microgroups, two or three people getting together, reading the Bible together, discussing it, praying together, kind of walking through life together. It's one who's been a believer for a while and a couple, three that are have maybe newer believers. And so they kind of get together and do that once a week, once a month, whatever. Adult groups, 12, 14, 6. I don't know how many people are going to these anymore, but... Uh, you know, they get together and have food and hang out. They pray together and that's it. It's just it's kind of a fellowship time. Northwood Fall Festival, that's coming up October. So, we, you know, we take care of the, the bounce houses. Our church family does that. And uh, we're all wearing our shirts and we have a tent. And so people can talk to us about our church. And that kind of, we're just here for the community. We want to help them and encourage them and, you know, give the parents a chance to get a break from their kids for a little bit. And we do that. And, you know... We have people in our church who will be there all day. That's sad. I mean, great, awesome, thank you. But our church is big enough. We can get people there to be two or three, four hours at a time and then, and then go and let somebody else do that. We don't need people staying there for eight hours or however long it is, six hours. We need people signing up for that. Represent Christ in our community. And then we're doing this Financial Peace University, something new that we're doing, but uh, you know, learning how to handle the money God's way. So we're going to put it out to the community as well. But Tristan uh, Pocock and, and Jeff Kyle are going to be doing that October 10th. And so we'll be getting more information out for that. But, but the point is, we've got a lot of stuff, a lot of places for people to connect in and, and uh, plenty of opportunity to, to learn. Now, sadly, Christians will give excuses now, I want to be as compassionate as I can here, 
And I probably won't say enough to make it sound like I'm compassionate, but... So people will give excuses. And they'll come talk to me and they'll be like, well, pastor, I work on Sundays. Okay. Some things we could talk about there, but let's say, okay, you work on Sundays. Well, what about Thursday night? What about a microgroup? What about an adult group? What, oh, well, you know, I got it. Okay, time out. We are united together with each other through Christ that God then places us in a church body, the body of Christ, for the purpose of being together to grow spiritually. We can only do so much as a church family, provide so much. Some people need to make some priority choices in their life. If Christ has saved you, if his Holy Spirit is in you, and you're telling yourself you don't need to be part of a church family, that's a life in a pit of hell. I'm just saying it because that's what Scripture says. And we should be like, we should be hungry for this. We should be desiring this. We should be saying, this is the most important thing in my life. My relationship with Christ, the one I'm going to spend eternity with, that's the most important thing. I'll give up my job if I have to. And it could be that God's asking you to do that. I'm not saying you actually take the step to get rid of it. I'm just saying, are you willing to say, okay, God, whatever is keeping me from you, I'm willing to take, I'm just because I want you. And part of that is being part of this church family. And if you're saying, I don't have a really big deal, you know, Harold's not the best person in the world to be a pastor, that's fine. Find a church that's preaching the gospel and reaching people for Christ and go to that church. I get it. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Sometimes I'm not my own cup of tea. And I don't even like cup of teas. But anyways, I, I'm just, this is just, this weighs on me, you guys. Somebody called me one day. They were, they were telling me that they had been praying for people in church and they started crying. And I, I'm like, oh man. And they're like, do you ever? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and my, I get, get on my knees in my office and start crying, praying for people in our church, at home. Paul, we talked about it in Colossians. That's what the, that earnestly working hard. I'd rather not sit there and cry. <laughs> I'm a man. You know, I don't want... The point is this, you guys. If you were... If, so now I'm talking to you guys and you're here, okay? So now there's people listening to the podcast. So this is probably more for them, if this is them. If, this is, if work's an issue, find some other way of connecting you with your church family. If you want, start praying and asking God to change your work schedule because you know what? That's what I'm praying. I pray for everybody in our church family and I know what everyone's doing. And so I'm praying, God, work in their life. Do whatever it takes to get them to recognize that they need to be part of their church family. This is too good for them not to have. They're not growing spiritually like they think they are. They're actually over there. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Fading. Fading away slowly. Hebrews is all about people fading away. Some people say, well, I can't come to church because of, you know, I have health issues and something. I get that, but there's, you know, if you can't walk, we've got wheelchairs. We'll buy a scooter. We'll get you. We'll help you. Some people, I have anxiety. I get that. I've dealt with it. 
in my life as well. But listen, there's a certain thing where we take a step of faith and, and God then gives us the strength to get through it. it, it when, uh, when people have cancer, they take chemotherapy. Have you ever talked to anybody who's had cancer who's gone through chemotherapy? That's a lot of pain in their life. Why do they do it? Because they know they need it. So they'll take that pain. Those of us who have high blood pressure, we go through the pain, not even anything close to cancer, but of having to eat right, make sacrifices. Listen, if, if you're dealing with that kind of stuff, this is where you need to be. Start small. Do a microgroup micro or do a, a Bible study. But this is where you need to be. God's placed you a part of the church family. And I'm telling you, isolation kills. Isolation makes you more depressed. It's only God and his word and his people that actually, he says, renews our minds and transforms our lives. All right, I'm going to move on from that. I don't want to... So when we obey God and, our sacri- and we sacrifice our excuses and we connect with our church family, what's the impact? Well, he says that we are, we're building up the body of Christ. And we do that until we attain, until we all attain the unity of faith and knowledge of Christ. And so we, we are building up. We are together. We are encouraging. We are helping. We are supporting. Until we all, we're all in this process together. We're all supposed to attain to this unity of the faith. And when he talks about the faith there, he's talking about the doctrines, the gospel, the doctrines that come off of the gospel, all that we have in the New Testament, that we would know that, we would understand that, we grow together in that. The unity of the knowledge of the Son of God, that knowledge, that epigenosis, that, that, um, that personal experiential knowledge, that when, when God says, hey, listen, don't be anxious about anything, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God will do what? Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. If you never take that step of faith, you never know. And so when we do that together, when we encourage each other, when we pray for each other, when we walk along with each other, when we're calling each other during the week, we're not ghosting people. We're texting back to people. We're showing up at their house, in their bushes, like Stan did one time. Careful. That's, that's that experiential knowledge. That's the family being together, helping each other, encouraging each other. I'll move on. We become a mature man. It means complete, not perfect, but mature. We're not like children. We're not, life doesn't knock us all over the place. And oh, Boy, you see this all the time. When COVID hit, Christians were like, Whoa! all over the place. And some of them haven't come back to church yet. Oh, man, work is going crazy. We might lose our job. They get knocked all over the place. Start questioning God. No, man, we need to get together. We need to encourage each other, help each other. That's just part of what God's doing in our lives. He, that's how we grow spiritually. We go through difficult times. We look to God the Father. We do what he says to do. We take a step of faith. God's spirit gives us strength to be able to do it. And now we're growing. We're no longer children being knocked around. Wrong teaching doesn't knock us all over the place and take us down wrong roads. There are people out there. Scripture tells us over and over and over again. There are people out there teaching God's word that's wrong. Do you know it? I see it on Facebook a lot from people even in our church. Throwing stuff up on Facebook that's not scriptural. 
I was like, oh my word, I'm, I'm not going to follow them anymore. <laughs> we need to know these things. And then we, we all grow up together into a body that thinks and acts like Jesus Christ. So we speak the truth in love. This is me speaking the truth in love. I know some of you may, may not be happy with me. Some of those listening on a podcast may not be happy with me. And I'm sorry. I love you. And this is why we're here. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins so we wouldn't have to spend eternity in hell, but also so we don't have to go through this life alone. Some of you guys are losing family members because you've placed your faith in Christ. Well, who's your family? We are. And we're connected more to you than your blood family is because of the Holy Spirit. We need to be here for each other. We need to be encouraging each other. He said then, Jesus Christ is the one who's fitting us together and holding us together. It's the whole body. Every joint supplies. The proper working of each part. This every joint supplies is actually a word that means to give generously, but not financially. It's to give your body, sacrificing your life to what God's doing in our church. Giving yourself generously. Not, not sitting there stingily. That's a word. Not, not just being a fan. I was watching football yesterday. Probably wasted too much time doing that, but there's a bunch of people up, on the, in the fan, up in the stands cheering everybody out on the field. You got 22 guys down there beating their heads against each other. And they're like, ah! I'm in my you know, recliner, you know, eating food. We got some Christians who are just fans. You know, there's no third string Christianity. There's no second string Christianity. We are all starters. We're all varsity. We all get a letter jacket. We're all to be on the field. First, helping our own church family and then reaching people for Christ together as a church family. Every joint supplies generously, sacrificially. Because here's the problem. Oh, thank you, Sherry. I had a quote. Let me give you a quote. No man or woman is an island in this, in this body. In the preceding verse, verse 15, Christ was the goal, but here he is the source, exerting his unifying direction and power ultimately through his spirit. Listen, if we aren't doing what God has called us to do as Christians, we are sinning against Jesus Christ who died on the cross for that sin. Doesn't mean we remain in that sin. That means we repent and change that sin. Why? Because God loves us so much and he wants us to have a spiritual family around us, supporting us, encouraging us, helping us. And through that, we grow spiritually as individuals and together as a church. And so the problem you're not growing spiritually if you're not connecting in with the church family. You may think you are. You may tell everybody you are. But God's saying you're not. We need each other to grow. So what are our takeaways? Well, the takeaway is real simple. Christians live like Christ. Connect in with your church family. Connect in with the body of Christ. If you're working or you're sitting at home, if you're listening to a podcast and that's what you do week after week after week after week, that's obviously not you folks, but 
There are people listening to the podcast. If you haven't turned it off yet, connect in somewhere. If you can't do Sunday morning, do Thursday night. If you can't do a Thursday night, then do a microgroup. Get a hold of me. We can get you connected in. Do an adult group. Do something. Connect in. And if you're just attending, if you're here at our church and, and you just week in and week out, you sit in a chair and you're a fan, and you're like, woohoo, pastor, good job. I appreciate the good job. I do. Pat on the back. Thank you very much. But it's not good for you. You need to be connecting in. Take that next step. Whatever that might be. Serve, Thursday nights, whatever. Get connected in so you can grow spiritually and together help us grow spiritually because we're not growing as effectively as we can be if we have people that are just kind of just fans. Let's go ahead and stand.